I'm Max Porterfield, with President and CEO of Calinex Mines. We have some very high-grade VMS discoveries in northern Manitoba that are rich in copper, zinc, gold, and silver. They're actively expanding. Max, thank you very much uh, for the introduction. Good to be talking to you again. It's been a number of months since I last spoke to you, and in the interim, you've been busy exploring, and you've just published a um, n mineral resource estimate update. You cover the the rainbow deposit and you talk about um you've got about a million tons at pine bay um and you're also exploring the alchemist uh discovery tell us about the news release um kind of give me some of the headlines yeah no, certainly we're very very excited about this this is really a culmination of the past really nine I mean, anyways the nine years of work since we commenced focus on uh, vms discoveries outside of flint Flunner pine bay project we made the discovery of Rainbow in 2020, our first drill hole into that. We put over 80 drill holes into the deposit area with over 40,000 meters of drilling, and that culminated with a maiden resource estimate that we just published on Monday of this week, uh, July 10th. So on a global basis, we're at 5.7 million tons of pie grade, roughly 3% copper equivalent across the board. In the indicated category to Rainbow deposit, we're at uh, 3.44 million tons of nearly 3.6% copper equivalent. And then in the inferred category, there was 1.28 million tons of 2.95% uh, copper equivalent. And then at our, our Pine Bay deposit, which sits parallel to Rambo, roughly 900 meters away, uh, that's a million tons of 2.62% copper. So we're very excited about this resource estimate we were able to publish uh, earlier this week. Uh, and again, we're looking to continue to grow that resource base with the truly campaign that we're actively uh, pursuing and is ongoing as we speak. Um, thank you. Um, now, now, obviously, t to know what the economics are, um, you you need to do technical studies and economic studies and all of that kind of stuff. But just kind of as a kind of a thumb suck, do you feel that this is economic style mineralization that you, you could, in theory, kind of develop a mine on? Yeah, so we're, we're very excited about it. If you, you really compare it to some of the biggest discoveries in the camp's history, uh, for example, the, um, the resource initial uh, resource disclosures that came from the Trout Lake Mine, 777 Mine, and Lawler, which are really the three flagship mines in the Flin Flon Belt's history since the original Flin Flon ore body was depleted, uh, Rainbow and, the, 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 and Pine Bay are actually larger and they those mines grew into very very large uh, discoveries and ultimately a very long life of mines and so we're looking to see the same thing at our property at pine bay uh, in addition to that the resource that we announced on monday at pine bay is larger than 22 other base metal mines for the life of mine uh, that was uh, overall through their entire production uh, that's been disclosed so there's been 32 mines in the flint flon belt's history Again, re the announcement that we made on Monday is that we're larger than 22 of those mines. And then in terms of the three large flagship mines, uh, this resource estimate was larger than their initial resource disclosures. So there's real opportunity for the discoveries at Pine Bay, the ones that we've already made, to grow into something substantial. And at the end of the day, those discoveries are a very small footprint on the very large district sale land package that the company uh, controls and is actively exploring. And um, what about grade? I mean, you talk about kind of these are large in terms of tons, but the kind of perhaps the most crucial aspect um, at, at any stage in a mine's um, or a deposit's um, development history is its grade. So it's not just about tons. Um, 
any commentary on, on where the grade sits relative to the historic mines? Yeah, I mean, the, the grade's going to be on the top quartel, say, and that's just back of the envelope in terms of the other mines in the camp's history. Um, you know, if you look at the 777 mine, that one ran roughly 2.85% copper, 1.8 gram per ton gold. Uh, we're going to be more copper-rich uh, on the indicated category with 3.14% copper uh, and then lower on the gold. Uh, but in terms of copper grades, we are definitely on the, the higher end of that spectrum. Some of the other mines are down in the 2% copper cobalt range to kind of give you a perspective. So definitely happy with the grade and happy with the tonnage that we've announced. And overall, we're very pleased with where we've come in, you know, relatively short period of time since the main discovery. Uh, we entered 2021, for example, with just three holes in the rainbow. Uh, so really it was, you know, the past two years of uh, drilling that led to that maiden resource we announced just earlier this week. And just, just if I understand it right, you've got um, within Rainbow, you've got these. The, you, um, I, I like the new logo you, you're using on your presentations. By the way, it's good. Uh, it's good touch. Thank you. Um, but it's, you've got the kind of the red and the orange and the yellow zones. Am I right in thinking that you drilled a kind of um, a, a mother hole and then daughter holes off it, or um, have you done directional drilling f from that? No, we haven't done any directional drilling. We've done uh, wedging. So. Uh, we we do drill a parent hole, then we'll cut off of that, just wedging without directional drilling. We've had great success and pretty good control off of the drilling uh, on the deposit area. And in fact, we also do something that uh, where we cut off a drill hole and we can cut and wedge down. Uh, so we actually don't set a traditional wedge. Uh, so it's something that, you know, we've got a really skilled group of drillers that work with us. Uh, and they've done an excellent job in terms of getting the drilling and the drills placed where they are, avoiding necessary, you know, using directional drilling, which is going to be higher costs. The, the the resource that you've defined so far, the um, the three point four four, and well, probably the one point two eight million tons of the inferred resource that goes down to a depth of about. Am I right in thinking about eight hundred meters? Have you got any intersections below that? Yeah, no, it, you're correct. It goes a little bit deeper than eight hundred meters. It's almost nine hundred meters vertical depth. Uh, in terms of all the drill intersections. So uh, the deposit dips are roughly 82 degrees uh, and is near vertical. So we um, were quite pleased. It's really amenable to an underground mining scenario for uh, large bulk open stove mining technology to be utilized in this type of environment. Obviously, we haven't done that work, but just how it sits underground, it is uh, much more amenable to an underground mining scenario. We're not going to bring a lot of waste rock to surface. If you look at other mines in the Flin Flon district, they don't have that. The Caladan 777 mine uh, did probably at a 55 degree angle. And then if you look at Lawler, Lawler is nearly flat. Um, so we're quite um, quite pleased with what geology is presented to us. Uh, so naturally, uh, the way it sits, there's a potential for it to go much deeper than even the mines uh, historically have. You recently published a uh, an exploration update or kind of an exploration plan for the year. Uh, you, you, you're talking about a 20,000 uh, meter drill program in two phases. The first that phase being half of that, 10,000 meters. And you talk about targeting the rainbow deposit at depth down to 1,300 meters. And so that is that basically filling in that 400 meters of um, potential? And is that defined by geophysics or uh, how come you're targeting that particular 400 meters? Well, that's just the down plunge extension of the known mineralization. So we'll be, that's just one hole that we'll be testing at depth initially out of the gate. Uh, that's supported by borehole EM off of a, a number of drill holes at depth on the property, as well as geochemistry. And of course, geology is a, a guiding factor in anything that we do. 
Uh, we're led by geology. We really call the three G's of exploration, geology, geophysics, and geochemistry. Uh, they were also testing rainbow to the south based upon borehole EM data off of, they actually made a discovery called PPM111 that intersected rainbow in August, 2020. It supported something to the south, but we were focusing the drilling to date on the biggest uh, vector in terms of conductance, which is ultimately what is the the orange and yellow zone predominantly, you wouldn't see the red zone from how deep that discovery hole was on rainbow. When you talk about the biggest vector, is, is that uh, the, the, the down dip, uh, the down plunge extension, or is it the, the down strike extension to the south? Which Sorry, I, I wasn't sure which one was the, the, uh, the strongest no, vector. So, well, there's two, two, sorry about that. There's two holes that we'll be drilling in the phase one campaign. One's the down plunge extension, so vertically below, the mineralization we've intersected. And then we're also going to be testing along strike to the south off of the discovery hole based upon a different vector. Uh, both of them are guided and led by borehole and geology. I mean, borehole EM geophysics uh, as the key vectoring tool that's kind of guiding us, which is typically how you, you vector with you know, these VMS systems. I, I, am I right in thinking that you're also drilling at Alchemist as well as part of that 10,000 meter program? Yeah, so the 10,000 meter program absolutely will be coming up vertically below and vertically below above uh, the Alchemist discovery. Alchemist is really in its infancy. We had uh, just three holes into Alchemist going into this year, so we'll be adding to that. Uh, but the 10,000 meter program is gonna be spread across a number of high grade intersections, you know, along this growth fall corridor that hosts Alchemist, Rainbow, Pine Bay, as well as the historic resources on site with the Cabin, Baker Patton, the North Star Mine, and the Donjon Mine are all sit along that growth fault corridor. So we'll be testing targets uh, along the Rainbow Horizon to the north, uh, testing target area Odin. Target area Odin sits between Alchemist and Rainbow. That's a large chargeability ISO shell. Uh, excellent geology, geochemistry supporting of, of the... Um, that discovery, I mean, that the potential in that area. Uh, there we hit some of the highest grade precious metals intersections on the property, half meter of over five gram per ton gold, nearly 60 gram per ton silver. We really like that area, you know, based upon that silver intercept because silver is not mobile. So you don't see silver remobilized a great distance. So in VMS uh, exploration, we do like to see very high grade silver unknown uh, mineralized horizons. So that's why we like Odin so much. And then we'll actually be also be re revisiting uh, the cabin horizon that hosts the historic cabin deposit. At that horizon, we had a, a big discovery hole uh, in late 2016. Uh, it was a wide intercept, very lowly conducted. We stepped out, we were able to replicate another high grade intersection in that. Uh, but we're going to be revisiting that again with a renewed exploration focus based on all the success that we've had on different areas of property, obviously with Rainbow, Alchemist, and so on. So there's a number of horizons, uh, about five of them, that we'll be testing in this first 10,000 meter campaign. And then at the conclusion of that campaign, we'll have a brief break and then recommence exploration with the final 10,000 meters that will commence you know, sometime in the fall. You, in previous conversations, you've spoken about a, um, a kind of a mill rock on the growth fault. You, you had one area which had a kind of a, a good potential of the, that, that, that particular conglomerate or that um, fault um, rock. Um, really? It, have you mentioned that? Is that in the mix? Oh, well, certainly. I mean, mill rocks all around uh, various areas of the property. We also have mill rock mapped to the north on the... Um, what would be the, the kind of the extent, northern extent of the rainbow horizon 
uh, as well as the the uh, Odin and Alchemist Horizons to the north on a different growth fault corridor. So certainly Milrock is in the mix. We're always uh, looking for that um, agglomerate uh, rock type and um, certainly it's a key part of that. I mean, geology drives us. I mean, the reason why we spent so much time here just to revisit that, uh, because the, the property encompasses the largest felsic volcanic rock package in the entire flood and flung greenstone belt that's been mapped at surface which is a host rock of 90% of the mines ever mined in the camp. So you need to be looking in the felsics. Again, we've got the largest land package of felsics. And then the alteration system uh, over near the Baker Patent and Cabin Rises on that shoreline, obviously you can't map things underwater, uh, has an alteration system that's uh, nearly 700 by 1100 meters at minimum, uh, which is why Placidome, InMed, and others opine for very large exploration targets on the area. Um, Placido, for example, had a 30 million ton exploration target when they explored the property between 1990 to 1993, and they were the last true operators. But we're the only quote-unquote operator to explore the property that spent over, you know, three years exploring it uh, and with the same team. With Placidome, two of those years was one with one lead. Uh, the final year was with a different geologist because the, the main geologist actually had an opportunity to go work at Kit Creek at the time. So. That's truly why Placidome left. It wasn't because they didn't think there was a large ore body. I actually reached out to them, you know, back in 2014 before we started this entire process to hear their thoughts with the guys that were on the field and did the work then. So again, oftentimes in the business, on average, it's six exploration company uh, that makes the big discovery. And certainly there have been more than six in this, this part of the, the world here, uh, but we're the ones that have the most expertise brought in modern tools they're not you know the traditional tool set for the camp and we spent the most time and time and time is very important in exploration uh, because the more time you spend the more you learn time the more you learn just like anything else that's research driven i mean research takes time and we're in a research driven environment certainly sure so what I'm hearing from crystal clear is kind of exploration 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 you you feel there's potential in the area um what do you think the timeline is going to be on that first 10,000 meters? Sorry. Yeah, in terms of the timeline for the first 10,000 meters, we slated a uh, three to four month timeline in terms of getting the drilling done. Uh, that has been slowed a bit, so there's going to be a slight delay in terms of that timeline. Uh, but we will provide an update at some point in the future on that and then ultimately release those results uh, all at once uh, and then follow up to those results uh, again in the fall with the final 10,000 meters that's bu fully budgeted from the financing that we completed in March of this year. Does that mean that the, the second half is gonna be a winter drilling program or do you think it's all gonna be kind of pre-ice? Uh, no, I mean, it, it probably will spread into the, the winter. I mean, things go much slower when you're drilling an exploration. That's just the nature of the beast. Uh, so ice does come pretty early, but in terms of drilling off of ice, uh, and it is actually a benefit when we have ice because, you know, there's a lot of lakes in the area, but we've been able to do all the drilling over the past, you know, call it two out three years since uh, we hit rainbow in 2020 uh, off of land. Uh, and a lot of the, the targets, we haven't been encumbered by not having the ice or getting access to the ice. So again, um, you know, maybe there's ice, maybe there's not ice, but either way, we're going to get the work done. 
in terms of exploration, that's all great. Um, it's always useful to get a kind of an early heads up on um, mineral behavior and um, metallurgical responses. It, it, it's really useful to kind of get that information. Where are you in terms of the kind of metallurgical understanding of of um, these projects? And, and where have you taken the samples from? Are they all from Pine Bay or have you taken some material from Rainbow as well? So in terms of the metallurgical test work, we're utilizing historic work that was done uh, really a knowledge base of the entire camp on average. So we haven't done any med testing. Actually, uh, just before this call, I was on the phone with uh, SGS having this kind of conversation in terms of where the next steps are. So that is in the plans moving forward to begin getting the proper tests uh, to begin that, that journey on its own. So no med work has been done. We've utilized the camp's rich history and our knowledge base on those uh, those deposits in the the resource estimate that's out there because again we're not um in a camp that hasn't produced mines i mean there's been 32 of them uh we've got a number on our property and so there's a rich data set to base things off of uh, and the assumptions that we've made in the resource that we announced on monday indeed although um i, I would always caution that when it comes to vms um deposits the kind of the, the metallurgical uh or the mineralogical variability can be extreme on a quite a short um um distance so um it's it's always good to get um, a, um even just a petrographic well, we, study yeah keep in mind there was mineralogy and, and uh pine bay deposit as a whole was taken to feasibility study on two different occasions the last was by hud bay in 1973 so there has been some historic work on on pine bay per se um and you know i agree it should be noted that there hasn't been a deposit in flinflon's history that didn't go into production because it had met problems. Uh, so uh, again, you've got a robust history. We will get to that when the time is right. We are starting that conversation and that will be addressed, but that's how we've addressed it in the resource estimate that we've announced. Okay, thank you. In terms of the financing, you had about $9 million in March and you've just raised 9.4. Um, so you're presumably uh, quite well capitalized at the moment. Um, is that going to? How long do you think that's going to last? You? Is it going to kind of? Um, are you thinking twelve months? Are you thinking eighteen months or less? Or more? I would say twelve to eighteen months, certainly on the uh, the capital raise. That's fully funding the twelve thousand. I'm sorry, twenty thousand meters of drilling. And then we commenced, you know, mid to late March there. Uh, so again, we're very grateful for that capital raise uh, and everyone that's support above that. We had some of the largest institutions in Canada uh, participate. Uh, that were new as well as existing shareholders that are stable so again we're really pleased with that and we're gonna get the work done just like we have you know year over year over the past nine years and your share price has been on a bit of a wild ride this year i mean you, um, earlier in the year in april you're up at four dollars forty and then in june you're down at two dollars fifty six or something and now you're back up at three three thirty nine you know it's um quite a uh, quite a volatile thing. Um, what, how do you, and your market capitalization's 58, 59 million dollars. How do you, see, what do you see as the kind of the step changes for, for, for value? I mean, because um, potentially as this tonnage grows, you could be talking about hundreds of millions of dollars of value, not tens of millions of dollars, but there needs to be catalysts. There needs to be a route to that. Um, your thoughts on, on, on that trajectory, please. Well, I mean, certainly uh, exploration is a, a wild ride in terms of volatility. I can think you can use that volatility to your benefit if you're a savvy investor. Um, we have performed well on news flow. We did have a nice move early in this year on the backdrop of assay results coming out of our Q4 drilling uh, in 2022, bringing Peter Jones onto our team as well as outlining our exploration approach. 
2023. Uh, the stock did come off, as you mentioned, but that's just been on, you know, I think the whole industry's come off in terms of global growth concerns, particularly, you know, China during a recession, and he had to pull back in copper prices since he did the capital raise. So I think that's normal. What I was really pleased with is is seeing the uh, the share price performance on the uh, the announcement that we made on Monday. Oftentimes, on a made mineral resource estimate, it underwhelms or doesn't meet market's expectation, and you see the stock come off. Particularly with the timing of the four month hold being lifted as well in late June from the financing uh, that we completed earlier this year. But again, the people that participate are long term, very stable investors. And it just shows that the market is quite pleased with the resource we announced. Now, in terms of moving forward, we've got a strong uh, slate of news flow ahead of us with a 20,000 meters of drilling. And, and again, any uh, big intercept or big step out on no discoveries uh, can, again, propel the stock much, much higher and be a critical tipping point. What I like to see is now that we have the resource out, really creates a platform and understanding. Because up until now, if you were an investor looking at this, um, you, you wouldn't really know how to value what's there. You wouldn't know how to quantify the size uh, and the grade of, of what we had drilled out since the discovery of oil in 2020, as I mentioned, that rainbow. So with that now out there as a platform, people can then anticipate any other successes that we have on the property from exploration as really is a, uh, you know, stepping up based upon that platform. So I'm very, very excited about what's to come. I'm very pleased with everything that we've accomplished this year. But we're certainly not done with the work that we're doing, and we've got a, a long road ahead of us that's going to be very, very exciting and provide a lot of upside on the backdrop of what I view as a rising metal price environment in the copper and base metal space. In particular, I do think gold's going to be quite strong as well for the you know medium to long term. Max, thank you. Um, good observations. Just in terms of, I mean, you, you said you've got lots of news flow coming up, but in an earlier uh, moment, you said that you were going to kind of bunch your news flow together. Um, could you just give me a little, little bit more clarity on how you're going to uh, communicate with the market between now and perhaps kind of the middle of next year while this exploration program are you gonna, um, is, is completed? Are you going to do it in batches or are you going to do it as and when the news comes through? Well, I think that we're going to put it out in... in not as in when the news comes through in terms of, the, you know, I'm not going to put out holes or we're not going to put holes, like, you know, one hole, two holes at a time. Uh, that's never proven to be successful, quite frankly, uh, because then you're living and dying by every single hole that you put out and expectations on that one or two holes. And that's just not how exploration works, quite frankly. So we will, you know, re report out some of the market on a regular basis, just like we've done over the past nine years since I joined the company in 2014. And we're going to do that with the fully funded exploration campaign that we have ongoing and any other additional catalysts that come in, whether it be getting a grant like we have in years past, whether it be initiating some kind of network or applying for funding on that front as well, uh, that will all be communicated in a timely manner to the market. Uh, and I think that uh, people will be quite pleased as we move forward to grow the, to grow the property the project good well thank you um i really enjoyed um, getting the update today and i look forward to seeing the news as it comes out in the months ahead thank you very much thank you so much for having us and again i'm very excited to always be here to communicate with yourself uh and your followers and very excited to be continuing to give updates as we progress the exploration campaign this year